of you know my story that I grew up going to a, a Catholic grade school, uh, kinder, not kindergarten, first through eighth grade. And um, we, of course, there was a lot of prayer happening. And every year uh, in our grade school, we'd go on a field trip. And every year it seems like we went to Carousel Skate, a skating rink in Sioux Falls. But it was fun, and we loved it. And I remember, I'll never forget the time that we were there, and we went afterwards, we, you go eat it wherever, a McDonald's or someplace. We all eat together. And we were sitting at a table with our teacher, and uh, she said to one of my friends, she made a big mistake, she said to one of my friends, go ahead and pray for us. And, and this is what he said, and you might be familiar. He said, rub-a-dub-dub. Thanks for the grub. Yay, God. And uh, at that moment, I thought she was going to kill him. I mean, she didn't think it was, I thought it was funny. She didn't think it was funny. And she never asked him to pray again. And maybe that was his plan the whole time. I don't know. But we, like in my household, we prayed like the same prayer every meal. Like I prayed it thousands of times. Some of you, I bet some of you know it. And if you do, you can say it with me. This was the prayer. Bless us, O Lord, these thy gifts, which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Some of you know it. Some of you know it. I, I, I prayed it so much as a kid, I had no idea what I was saying. And as I, as I get older and reflect back at the prayer that I prayed, I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, we, we were thanking God. We were, we were thanking him and, and, and blessing the food and for the bounty, for what he's, what he's provided. And for me and my family, we didn't grow up with much at all. Uh, I'm the youngest of six kids. And God always provided I mean, I think about that prayer now, and I'm like, God did always provide. We were always blessed. We all, for, when we ate together, we always had enough. And I know that we always had enough because sometimes when I go for seconds, my mom would be like, Monty, you've had enough. So I always, we had enough. So grandma was different. Grandma wouldn't let me leave the table until I had diabetes. She's like, oh, you're just skin and bones. I mean, seven plates later, I'm like, grandma, you're going to have to roll me out of here. So grandma's just love to get you, get you nice and fat. But um, the blessing. The blessing is a big deal. Today, the journey that God's going to bring us on, you guys, he blesses a meal. And what happens is supernatural. And, and the things that happened in the Bible 2,000 years ago by the power of God happen today. God doesn't change. God's power doesn't change. And I think sometimes we think the miracles and the amazing things that happened back in the biblical days, well, that's back then. And I'm telling you, God's power is the same. And what we've learned in this series, Living Your Blessed Life, we've learned something. That, that God's blessed is way better than our best. How many, you know that by now, don't you? Because you had plans for your life and you had a purpose for your life and you want to live your best life. I'm telling you, your plan pales in comparison to what God has for you. The blessed life. And this is the key. And if you're new, you've never heard this before. If you're not, you probably heard it the last two weeks. This is the key. The key to, to, to God's blessings is trust. The key specifically to unlocking God's blessings in your life, and you want them unlocked, whether you tell me or not, I know you want them unlocked. And I do too. Well, those blessings aren't up to God. God's already made it well known in the word that he wants to bless his, his, his children. He wants to do it. So, so why are so many people walking around with, with God's hand not on them and God's blessing not on them? Well, it's because we're lacking trust in an area of our lives. And, and I tell you what, I can't wait any longer to get into the scripture today. I'm preaching out of the gospel of Luke. 
Gospel, don't let the word scare you, it just means good news. There's four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These men all kind of wrote down things they saw and heard about Jesus. And they didn't know they were writing the Bible or the gospel. They just thought, oh man, God, this is amazing. This dude's incredible. I'm gonna just, man, make some notes here because what he says is so amazing. And what he does is even more amazing. So Luke is writing down what Jesus is doing. And in Luke 9, and if you got your Bible or your mobile app, I want you to go there. I love it. I saw a gentleman out uh, in the Welcome Center with this Bible. I love that. I love that. I'll give, I'll give you the scripture every week on the screen. But you heard me say earlier, church, this ain't church. Church begins when you leave here. I want you taking that word in your heart and in your hand. So Luke where are we at? Luke 9, verse 10. Some of you, if you grew up in church circles, you will be familiar with the, 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 the miracle you're about to hear about. But here's, here's I, I promise to you, I'm, I'm going to promise you, this will hit you, whether you've heard it a thousand times, it'll hit you differently. It did me. Luke 9, verse 10. The, how it starts is critical. And the apostles, when they returned, told him, Jesus, all that they had done. Okay, so, so we know something's happened previously, right? I'll tell you, I'll give you a snapshot of what's happened because we kind of start in the middle of a story. Where did they return from? Here's what they returned from. Jesus sent them out. Jesus sends the 12 out and he gives them his power and his authority. It's amazing. He sends them out and says, hey, you have, my you have my power, you have my authority. The disciples, they go out and they're doing miracles in Jesus' name. They come back and they're like, oh my gosh, Lord, you're not going to believe it. We healed a blind man and this broken arm and we healed. And Jesus is like, mm -hmm, yeah, I know. You're not surprising me with anything you're saying. I gave you my power. So that's what's, that is what's just happened. They've not only witnessed miracles right previously, they've done them. That, that's critical to the story. They return. Uh, Jesus takes them and he goes privately, takes them aside to a deserted place, right? They got done with a lot of ministry. They need to rest. A place belonging to the city of Bethsaida. When they, when they um, I'm sorry, verse 11. But, but when the multitudes knew it, when the crowds, when the people knew it, they followed him, Jesus, and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he healed those who had the need of healing. When the day began to wear away, that's, that's a key phrase, the 12 came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and the country, get a place to stay and get food to eat. For we're in, a, we're in a deserted place. We're out here in the middle of nowhere. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And they said, well, we have no more than five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go and buy food, Lord, for all the people, this is all we got. And there were 5,000 men in all. In this day, they would just count the men, but that wasn't all that was in the crowd. There would have been women and children, so probably upwards of 15,000 people in the crowd. And Jesus said to the disciples, all right, all right, make them sit down in groups of 50. And the disciples did, and they all sat down. And then Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them. He gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate. Say they all ate. All 15 plus thousand ate. And they were filled, just like grandma likes. And the 12 baskets of leftover fragments were taken up by the disciples. 
You hear this story and you hear this miracle and it's easy to think, oh, yep, that's the story where Jesus multiplies the fish and the loaves, feeds the multitudes. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's a miracle. But I want you to really step back today. I want to look through the lens of like the 12 disciples. Think of the view they have here and what they're seeing and what they're experiencing. Let's play it out. Jesus, like, like, think about it. They're still trying to figure out, is Jesus who he said he was? Was he worth leaving the fisherman business? Was he worth leaving the la- uh, lucrative tax collecting business that we talked about last week? Is he worth it? Is he who he said he Is he the Messiah? So they're having these, these doubts go through their head. And all of a sudden, on this particular day, Jesus launches the biggest conference seminar he's ever had. People are coming from all over. Not just 1,000 or 2,000, but 5,000, 10,000. All over the meadows, all over the hills, all in the valley. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. They're feeling pretty good about themselves because they know Jesus personally. And Jesus starts to preach. And when Jesus preaches, it's good. It's always good. So Jesus is preaching. And, and, and it gets to be about noontime, it says, as the day war away that means it's getting long so jesus at noon normally you would dismiss the crowd at noon jesus because then they can go and get lunch and they can go and run their errands and go to sam's club and get some errands done before work on monday but jesus doesn't do that jesus keeps preaching one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock so much for the early football game and it keeps going and all of a sudden i'm sure the disciples are like I can just picture it. Like, you're one of them. And, and, and the, the guys walk up to you and they're like, hey, you, you, you got to talk to Jesus. You, you got to get him to dismiss the people, right? He loves the people. It's about the people. Tell him they're hungry. Go tell Jesus that it's getting late. Like, soon the restaurants will be closed and we have nothing to do here with them. So we, we got to close. So you're like, okay. And you walk over to Jesus all sheepishly and you're like, uh, He's preaching, and you're like, uh, excuse me, uh, Lord, uh, pardon me. Uh, by the way, you're, you're preaching amazing right now. This is awesome. I've, I've taken so many notes. I got a notebook full. I can't wait to apply it. It's so good. Uh, and if it was up to me, Jesus, I'd just have you preach all day and all night because I love it so much. But the guys, they're like, they're worried about the people. And you love people, Jesus. And they're thinking that the people are getting hungry. And the people are getting restless. So, so we thought, Jesus, that you'd maybe just maybe close the message. I mean, I'm loving it. You could go all day, according to me. But, but Peter and the others, they, they want you to close and, and dismiss the people. What do you think, Jesus? They're hungry. And Jesus turns to you and says, you feed them. Uh, and you, you, Jesus is serious, so you're not going to joke around. And you're walking back to the, your friends, and you're thinking, what in the heck am I going to say? You get back there, and they're like, hey, did you talk to Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I talked to him. Well, did he tell you to dismiss the people? Well, I mean, not exactly. No, no. Well, what did he say? Well, he, he said we should beat him. What? He, he said we should beat him. We should feed them. That's, that's what he said. So, so, so you send out your friends and you, and you go through the thousands of people to gather food. You're like, let's meet back here in 30 minutes, guys. All right, let's meet back here. You meet back in 30 minutes. All right, what do you got? Thaddeus, Bartholomew, Simon, what do you have? And all you have is one bag of food. That's it. You're like, well, this is it. Five loaves of bread and two fish. That's all we got. Go tell Jesus now, and let's dismiss and get on with it. 
So you go back to Jesus, and you're like, uh, you got to interrupt him again. Lord, excuse me, sorry. Incredible, incredible stuff. This is so amazing. You should write a book. Anyway, so, so Lord, uh, we did what you said. I mean, we did what you said. You said, feed the people. We, we went through as many people as we could. And, and there's one kid that had a meal, and that's, well, Lord, <laughs> this is for the 15,000 people. This is all we got. And Jesus is like, perfect. Go have them sit down in groups of 50. You're like, what? And you're like, and now think about that for a second. That's the first miracle. Organizing people in groups of 50, it's going to take some time. So, so you're walking back to the group and you're like, this is embarrassing. Like, how? I, that's all we, how is, how is this going to happen? And that's where some of you are today. Oh, it might not be in regards to food per, per se, but you're thinking to yourself, how is this ever going to work out? How is the marriage ever going to make it? How are we ever going to work through this in the family? How are the finances, how are we ever going to pay this bill? How are the Huskers ever going to have a winning season? There's some things Jesus can't do. So, I mean, we're praying. So, how? How is, here, here's what you need to know. If you knew how it was going to happen, you wouldn't need God. If you knew how it was going to happen, you wouldn't need him. Like faith, say faith. Faith is trusting God when you don't know the how. You don't know the where. You don't know the when. You don't know. And here is the key. They had no idea how. All they had is what someone gave. So, so they take what they're given, and this, is, this brings up such a good point. The boy gives his food. This, this story is in multiple Gospels. When you put it all together, you'll see that the food came from a boy given to Philip, and, 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 and they bring it to Jesus. And, and here it is. And, and, and the key is the boy gave it, because the boy didn't have to give it. He could have said, you're going to use this to feed everybody here? That's a joke. I'm just going to share this with me and my, my brother, and we'll eat our happy meal. We're good. Or, but, but he gives it. And then the disciples could be like, oh, my gosh. What in the heck we got, you know? rainbow trout that's nice but we got you know two fish we got five loaves it's pretty good it looks like olive garden but it now wouldn't be olive garden so um so we got the five loaves and the two fish and and they're like guys maybe we should just share this because this is a pretty decent meal and, and we'll just tell jesus we didn't get any food you shouldn't lie to jesus by the way but they're thinking it but they don't do that so the boy gives the disciples give to jesus Something, this is, this is so key. We'll put it up on the screen. Something has to be given before it can be blessed. Something has to be given. You're holding on to something. And I don't know what it is in your life. It could be what you're struggling with internally. It could be addiction. It could be secrets. It could be sins. It could be, it could be lies. It could be things that you've been called. It could be finances. It could be um, something uh, like your time. You're holding on to it. Well, God can't bless what you keep. Something has to be given, say given, before it can be blessed. So Jesus, you remember the rest of the story? Jesus, he takes the fish, he takes the, the bread, and he holds it up, it says. Jesus holds it up. He looks towards heaven. He blesses it. And he breaks it. And just imagine, imagine the picture. Jesus breaks it. 
gives it, let's say he gives it to Peter. And he's like, Peter, here you go. Now, now go, feed the, go feed the people. <laughs> Jesus is like, uh, Lord, are you sure you're done praying? I mean, <laughs> do you want to bless it again? And the Lord's like, nope, it's blessed. Give it away. And, and, and Peter Thinking, how is this going to happen? I almost need a crowd to come up. I, maybe there's a few people that can come right here, and you can just kind of pretend to be the crowd. Some of you know who you are. I mean, yeah, I don't care who you are. Yeah, I'm not going to make you say anything, as far as you know. So, yeah, come on up here. So, get up here, get up here. Dan, Amberly, you guys should come up too. Emily, come up here. It's okay. Yeah, Dion, get up here. So, so you're the multitude. Say multitude. multitude. Yeah. So, so Pete, I'm Peter, and, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, I've got, Jesus gave me this, and you're like, all right, well, I suppose I better portion this out, and I give you some, and I give you some, and I give you some, and I give you a little bit, and you're like, can I have more? I'm like, no, you pig, you can't, because I don't have hardly anything here. Give you some, and I'm giving it away, and look what I have left, and I'm nervous, but remember, the, the bread is what? It's blessed. So, so it's blessed, and what happens is you realize as you give it away, as you give it away, the bread, all of a sudden, you're like, I I'm out, but are you? And you're like, wait, or am I? Look at this. So, so you're like, all of a sudden, I have more. Should I be carrying food in my jacket? I don't know. So, um, but, but I did. Jesus put it there. So, and you keep giving it away. So here's what you need to understand. Something has to be given before it's blessed. But once it's blessed... It multiplies. And notice that it multiplies not in the hands of Jesus, but in the hands of the disciples who give it away. This is so key that you catch this. So, so he's giving it away, and it continually multiplies. Something has to be blessed before it can multiply. See, I, I'm telling you something. You need to know this. When it's in the hands of Jesus, and he blesses it, it multiplies. It does amazing things, doesn't it, Dan? It does. It keeps coming, and it keeps coming. I don't know where they're coming from. They keep coming. So I even wrote it down. i got to find it. Where is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. When it's blessed by Jesus, by the way, Jesus, the one who makes all things new, it keeps going. Say going. It keeps going. It goes further, and it goes farther, and it feeds them all. What I need you to know is when you take what little you have and you give it to Jesus, he makes it overflow. Do you believe it? I believe it. Thank you, guys. Eat up. It's all yours. Go do what you need to do with it. You're blessed. It's blessed. Bryce ate it. You don't care that I was, you don't care in my jacket, whatever. So I'm going to recap. Something has to be given before God can bless it. He can't bless what you keep. When something is blessed by Jesus, it multiplies. So oh, if you're new, this is going to be so good. But even if you're not new, this, this vision is going to, It'll excite you. When we launched Meadows almost five years ago, we knew that we needed to be open-handed. And as much as a church plant wants to do this because we don't have people and we don't have money and we don't have resources and we don't even have a building. I mean, they don't, I don't even know if they're, they know we're meeting here today. Who knows? We just show up. So, we, but, but we have nothing. But we said right away, we're going to be open-handed with what God gives us. And we're going to be givers, not just with finances, not just with resources, but with people. And, and, and soon into the launch, we, we knew that we're going to be a multiplying church because the church, the first churches were multiplying. I don't know any other church other than what I read about in Acts and the New Testament. 
So, so we knew we launched a church called Crossover in Bennington, Nebraska. And we launch it. And it's scary as a church plant because you, you, the resources are leaving and people are leaving and, and finances leaving and, and people that serve and they're dedicated and they, they're in the kids ministry and they're greeting people and they're all these and they're leaving. And God says, you don't, don't you remember the fish and the loaves? Don't you remember? Don't you believe the principle that I put in my word? Like, like when you give it away, I bless it. So now Bennington, Nebraska, crossover is getting blessed with more and more people. I just met with Casey this week. Amazing what's going on. And we're, we're the biggest we've ever been, even giving people away. Why? Because God will bless it and it multiplies. We're, I'm so excited. Write this date down. October 13th. It's a Thursday night. We're going to be right here in the house. We're going to be with our, fam- our crossover family. And we are going to celebrate just multiplication and obedience and the gift giver that God is. Celebrating our blessed life because what God is doing with us as we're open-handed, he can do so much more. If we would keep the people here, oh, we're going to be meadows and we're going to be this mega church and look at whatever God wants to grow, he'll grow. But all I know is this, we launch churches, we launch leaders, we launch ministries. You're a, if you're saved, if you have the Christ in you, you're a minister. And God wants to use you just as much. I believe he'll use you more than he'll use me. I believe it with all my heart, but we have to be open-handed. And it's not easy. That's why most people can't, won't walk around with a blessing. Because we, we look at the temporal and we're like, I need this. We got to eat this. We got to, this is for us. And God says, I wish you'd trust me. God, I wish you'd let, let me unlock blessings in your life. I, I wish you'd do it. The principle I'm talking about, it is not a New Testament principle. It, it is not an Old Testament principle. It is a God principle. Because it, it's found in both. In 2 Kings, that's, that's in the Old Testament, the same story. I mean, it's a different story, but it's the same principle. Exact same. Some of you might know it. Most of you maybe don't. It's okay. Elisha is a prophet from God. A miracle worker through the power of God. He runs across a widow. A woman who doesn't have anything. Like, this is, this is a plethora compared to what she had. She has a jar of oil. She has kids, two sons. She's about to lose them. Why? Because she can't pay a debt that she owes. So they're going to take her family. They're going to take her sons. She runs across Elisha. And what happens? Elisha says something incredible. He basically says, what do you have? And she's like, Are you I, uh, here, Elisha, it's a, one jar. That's it. You can check the cupboards. You can look under the bed. You can, you can look at the bank account. It, it's it. He said, okay, good. That's all we need. Now go, and by faith, by trust, say trust, trust me, and start going to your friends and neighbors and collecting jars, and collecting receptacles, and collecting Tupperware. Do whatever you can. And she brings them back to Elisha, and listen to this. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 5. So she did, so she trusted, she did as she was told by this man of God. Her sons were involved. They kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after the other. You know how she did it? From the, from the one thing she had. They kept pouring the jar, and oil keeps flowing. They, they, Peter kept handing out bread, and bread, bread kept showing up. I, I don't get it. Well, you, you'll never get it. You shouldn't get it. If it's God, you shouldn't get it. If, you, if you're getting it, God's not in it. That's good. I just, if you're getting it, God's not, that's a, I'm going to, I hope I remember that one. So, uh, so, so here we go. Containers are given. They, they, it says soon every container that they brought was full. I love how it says it too. To the brim. 
To the brim God, I've said that, but you guys, we serve a to the brim God. Bring me another, she says. She's excited. Bring it to me. She said, one after another after another. Finally, her son says, that's it, mom. We can't find anymore. We used the pots. We used the pans. We threw out the fish, used the fishbowl, whatever. We have nothing else to fill. And listen to what happens. There aren't any more. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. So they brought the containers and they kept giving. That's what we got. That's what we got. I have a jar of oil here, Elisha. That's what I got. Okay, good. Let God bless it. And as soon as, as soon as what they had stopped being given, the provision stopped. Do you see this principle in the word of God? I wrote it down. God's blessings. God's blessings in your life and my life will last as long as your faith and willingness to trust and obey God. That's how long. When your trust stops, the provision stops. When faith comes to a halt and fear sets in, and it's not because God wants to, oh, you're, you're, I'm going to hold back because I want to hold. You don't want to hold back nothing on you. He wants to shower you with what he has for you. You see it. Do I trust God? Do you trust God? Throughout the whole series, we've been talking about, it's easy to say I do. But do you? Will you give what you have? A boy with five loaves and two fish? Well, he trusted something other than him. The disciples, they had to trust and say, here, Lord, this is all we have. And Jesus is like, it's all I need. Do I trust? Do you trust? We have to trust that God will do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Look up here. We have to trust God to do the impossible. But don't miss this. Before God can do the impossible, he expects you to do the possible. So many times I've waited around for God's blessing and God's miracle and God's provision holding what I have and not trusting him in areas of my life. You have to do the possible. You have to do your part, and so do I. We have to do our part and say, here. It's freaking me out, God, because I'm scared, but that's what faith is all about, is taking a step when you don't know, when it doesn't make sense. This makes no sense. But there, that's what I got. Here's the jar. It's all I got. You can't expect God to do the impossible with you holding on to the possible. You can't do it. And that's what so many people, me included, me included. So what do you have that you need to give God? I said earlier, some of you, it's what you're holding on to um, internally. And you're holding on to stuff that you don't need to hold on to anymore. And it could be the secrets or the lies or the sins. And it's time to confess or repent. That means change your mind, go a different direction. It could be addiction holding on to and you need to, you need to give it to God. It could be tangible things. For some like me, you know my story if you if you've been here more than 3 times, I bet. The biggest thing I held on to was my money, even in ministry. Sinning in ministry. I God, I can't trust you with this. Well, then I can't bless it. And it will never multiply. And I'm not talking about money just his blessings are way bigger than financial. God, if I could it took me a long time to get it, though. So if it, if it takes you a long time, I'm with you. 
One time my pastor said, he said, Monty, tithing, and tithe is when you return 10% back to God. You give it back to God, like, this is all yours, and you're like, God, take this little piece, and and then he'll take it, and he'll bless it, and multiply it. So I didn't understand any of that. I never grew up that way. And, 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 and he said, Monty, you keep talking about tithing being about money. I said, well, that's what, that's what you're asking for, money. And he said, nah, you don't. It's what, that's what God chose because that's what we hold on to. And he said these words to me, and it changed me. He said, Monty, tithing is trusting. And I never heard that before. Do I trust God? I can say I do all day long, but until I start trusting him financially, and I'm not, that's just one piece. So I don't want you to hear like, oh, he wants my money. No, if that's your thought, keep it, please. God wants a cheerful giver. That's not what it's about. I just want God to bless you. It's all I want. So many, when people talk to us about their finances being upside down, the first thing I say is, are, are you giving anywhere? And most times they're not, not because they're bad people. It's because they don't know how. It's, and then we walk with him in that. The boy gave what he had. The disciples gave what they had. And they're like, all we have is this. I love it. And Jesus says, I'll do it. When you trust God, he'll show you. When you trust, he'll show you. But he can't show you anything unless you trust him with it. God, message just seems so personal for me because I've struggled in so many areas. I don't know what your struggle is today, but I know you have one because you're breathing and your heart's beating. So you got issues. You're not okay, and neither am I. But you've entered into an arena, an environment, an organism, a living body of Christ where it's okay to not be okay. I was back at a church plant conference this week in Sioux Falls where I moved from with other church planters. What a dysfunctional bunch. And these are the planters. I mean, I'm like the biggest dysfunctional one. And it's just so fun to watch because they're all so ill-equipped, but yet all clinging to what Jesus said. Will you stay with me? Will you help me? And he's doing what he said he would do. It's amazing, but we gotta, will you trust him? Will you trust God? That's the question. That's what you're gonna leave with today. Will you trust? Will you trust the one who created you? Think about that. Will you trust the one who says, I will walk with you? Will you trust the one that says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you? Will you trust the one that says, I love you? Will you trust him? Trust that one who said, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. I have a future for you. I have a hope for you. Will you? See, because when you trust him, and you give him what little you had. We said it before. He multiplies. He makes it overflow. He does what only you, he can do. But you got to trust him. You've got to trust him. Whatever that looks like. That little flip wasn't planned. I don't know. Just, I do weird things. I don't know why. But I love you too much not to give you the word of God. I hope you don't hear a story of fish and loaves and think, oh yeah, that's great. That's for the multitudes back then. Hear about olive oil and, well, that's great. They brought the, I'm telling you, God doesn't change. His principles don't change. His power doesn't change. His love doesn't change. I want God's hand on this church. And when I say this church, I'm talking about you because you're the church. The greatest thing I ever trusted God with, it was so little. You know what it was? My faith, it was so wavering. A frail, broken drug addict. And I had, I had, I had an ounce. God's like, that's all I need. 
because I didn't trust anybody and I've been hurt and I've been just like you have and I've hurt others and I gave it to him I said I'll, I'll give you my faith I'll give you my trust and he makes it overflow and he gives me back his Holy Spirit this is salvation the woman if you read the story in 2 Kings by yourself this week I hope you do God, I hope you do. If the only time you're in the Word of God is this time together, you're going backwards in your walk with Jesus. I just, I love you too much not to tell you that. I'm glad you're here. I want you to keep coming back. But I, if this is the only time that you really pause and uh, contemplate and meditate and pray to God, it shouldn't, the next time we gather shouldn't be the next time that you go to God. So the woman had a debt she couldn't pay and she's going to lose everything. Elisha comes in and says, what, what can you trust me with? And she says, by faith, here's the oil. This is salvation. You and I have a debt we cannot pay. I don't care how good you think you are or the good things you've done. This love week, you can love people up and down. You can just not sleep all week and keep loving and loving and loving. And you still can't pay your debt. And neither can I. The debt that you, can't, you and I can't pay is our sin and our mess. And it's what holds us back from everything that God has for us. So if you hear nothing else hear this. The debt that we can't pay has been offered up to get paid for us. Your greatest debt, my greatest debt, became, became God's greatest gift. Because when you and I were dead in our sin, God sent Jesus for us. He went to the cross he didn't stay there. He went to the tomb. He didn't stay there. Three days later, he rose from the dead. The greatest miracle in history. By faith, will you believe that? It can't stop at belief, by the way. This could be um, offensive and controversial. Welcome to Meadows, by the way. If it stops at belief, there's a lot of people who stopped at believing in Jesus that are in hell. I thought you just believe in Jesus and you're good. No, you got to know the whole gospel and put it in context. First thing Jesus said was, repent, turn from your sin, believe, and be saved. Satan believes in Jesus more than you ever will. Trust me. Belief, but belief is necessary. Belief is a huge piece of it. you got to believe by faith that, that Jesus died on a cross to take away your debt that you can't take away no matter what you do. And then he rose from the dead. And by faith, it says, he'll cover you with his grace, his provision. He, he will cover all of it. And then he's with you and in you. But he does want you to, to turn away. Listen, I gave my life to Christ 4,700 times and never repented. My life looked no different than it ever did until I said, I'm, gonna, I'm going a different direction, God. I'm gonna agree and obey with the Holy Spirit and walk with you. And it's not earning your salvation. It's just accepting it and living in it. That's all it is. You are saved by God's grace through your faith when you believe. But when you truly believe and call on the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit's gonna help you repent. It may not happen immediately, but it will happen, I promise you. But, 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 but I have friends and, and they believe, and this is me too, but their life looks no different and they don't want it to look different. They're okay in their sin. They're okay in their mess. And if that's you, I'm sorry, but <laughs> the Holy Spirit isn't in that. He's not. He's not. The Holy Spirit is going to convict. It's going to compel. It's going to, it's going to, there will be friction. There will be tension. By faith, will you, will you trust God 
with everything you are. We always say, mark your decision because we, we don't know otherwise and we can celebrate it. You can do it on the card. You can do it online. I want to pray for you because you're going to need courage like me this week because there's things that you're holding on to that you shouldn't hold on to anymore and you're not trusting God. And we said it last week, you want, you want to see God's faithfulness in your life, he can't show it to you until you take a step of faith. He can't. How can he show you he's faithful if you're not stepping out in faith? I want you to step out today, whatever that looks like for you. For some, after we worship in one, one more worship song, the prayer team's gonna come up here. Do you know my dream? That everybody would go this way instead of that way. And that there'd be a line of people just begging. And you don't have to just pray with the prayer team. Maybe you wanna pray with somebody next to you. Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's someone that you just, you're just gonna meet today. Don't leave here without prayer. Father, I thank you so much for your word and your truth. Jesus multiplies. It, it, he multiplies everything he does. It's so interesting. He, it didn't, the, the, the church didn't just stay 11 disciples, ultimately 12 when you add Matthias. It didn't just stay that way. They multiplied themselves. The fish and the loaves didn't stay that way. It was multiplied. Why? Because you blessed it. When your hand is on something, something supernatural happens. God, my prayer for everybody here today is they're going to give what they need to give to you. You'll show them. Your Holy Spirit will show them what that is by faith. I think they already know. I think you've already showed them. So the most important piece now is that they'll step into that faith and do it. <laughs> we always say at Meadows, the most important part of the message ain't the message. It's what happens after the message. God, for the people that by faith heard the gospel for the first time, that they can't earn salvation. They don't, uh, they don't um, work for salvation, but they can receive it by your grace when they believe in Jesus Christ and they, and they have this change of heart and change of mind. The big word repentance is just changing directions. I'm going a different way by the power of the Holy Spirit and I'm gonna live a different life. It'll be messy. It'll be ugly. I'm still a little jacked up. Okay, a lot jacked up, but you're in me and you're doing great things, God. I pray that people feel your love and your grace today. You are a great gift giver. You are a blesser. You are a multiplier. You are a provider. You are our king. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. We pray it all in your name. And the church says, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for watching today. But don't stop there. I want to invite you to like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, share this message with a friend. I mean, there are so many people out there hurting, struggling, and you have the ability to make an impact in their life. And finally, if, you're, if you live in the Omaha area, I wanna encourage you, come join us on a weekend service. We would love, love to meet you. God bless you.